the close of each year and as the new one unfolds instead of succumbing to the frenzy of new year's resolutions and all the craziness that comes with it what i do is i embrace this transformational ritual so three years ago i shifted from resolutions to introspection what i do is at the end of each year I examine all the lessons that that year has offered me. What I typically do is I write them down, I assess their impact on my life, and I think about all the things, all the insights that these lessons are giving me into my future. These lessons oftentimes are misconstrued as mistakes to some, However, to me, they serve as the bedrock or more so as a foundation which I construct the narrative of my upcoming year. Of course, alongside with this, I do have goals that I consistently review, usually on a monthly basis or sometimes even more frequently. As we embark on this journey, I would like to take a moment and extend a heartfelt invitation to join my YouTube and my podcast community, if you haven't already. Your subscription is not just a gesture, it is a cornerstone of support and it resonates deeply with me. I'm grateful for you being here and for taking the time to listen to this episode and this video. So let's get started. So number one, life has hidden costs. This number one actually takes me to one of Jim Rohn's quotes. It's not what the book costs, but what it will cost you if you don't read it. So sometimes we avoid the price up front and we end up paying a greater price later. Whether this is our relationships, our personal growth, our health, our finances, whatever it is, sometimes if we don't pay that price up front, we end up paying it later because there's interest that accumulates on everything. This brings me to a story of my own. Uh, about two years ago, I invested into a life coach. It was a lot of money to pay up front for one of the top Tony Robbins coaches. I contemplated this for a while. I was trying to figure out if financially it made sense for me to invest in a coach. Would it be even worth it? Sitting here two years later, I can say that it was the single-handedly best decision of my life. My only regret is not doing it sooner. The money that I paid for coaching and mentoring with my coach over the last two years has paid back way more than I even paid for the coaching because I have made so many changes in my life, not only in my relationships, my romantic relationships, but also my business, my health. It has literally contributed positively to every area of my life. But this also can take the opposite route. Sometimes when we invest something that perhaps doesn't serve us, it can have a negative, it can cost us a lot of money. Let me give you an example. Jim Rohn um, told the story one time about 
a friend of his who bought a TV. He went over to his house and his friend says, hey, uh, look at this nice TV I got. And Jim Rohn asked him, how much did this TV cost? And his friend says, oh, it's uh, $800. And Jim Rohn says to him, it's like, no, this TV is costing you millions. And the friend goes back and argues like, no, dude, it was $800. What are you talking about? And Jim Rohn explains, he goes into saying that it's not the actual cost of the TV, but it's the waste of time that it will cost you watching mindless news over the next upcoming year. It is costing you millions sitting in front of the TV where you could be improving your relationships, you could be improving your life, you could be growing your business, you could be doing other things. So some investments are costing us a lot more than we think. So think about the cost of things in your life, something that maybe you are doing or maybe you're not doing that's costing you a lot in your life, whatever it is. Maybe that gym membership, maybe hiring that trainer, whatever it is, maybe canceling with your partner, perhaps hiring a babysitter <laughs> at least twice a month so you and your partner can have a wonderful date night. That is an investment. Number two, it's not about you or really it's rarely about you. So this goes to taking things personally. It's so easy to take things personally, especially when someone does something we question or something they don't do that we want them to do, the, the assumptions, we shoot this or whatever. I recently had the situation, someone that I deeply cared about was kind of treating me different and they were kind of distancing themselves and changing the way they were around me. And I started thinking, well, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Am I good enough? And, and those, those toxic thoughts started coming into my mind. Uh, I call it, or as my coach calls it, the shitty committee in my mind started asking questions and questioning my self-worth. Well, long story short, that person had certain things that were personal going in his life had nothing to do with me and they were pushing me away or they were distancing themselves because they were so embarrassed of those things and they were judging themselves so harshly that they were afraid that I would reject them because of that. You can't take things personally. Even if it seems personal, rarely rarely do people do things because of you they do things because of them and then really never never assume never assume something especially the worst if you don't have the confirmation lesson number three this was a hard one for me being a recovering recovering people pleaser this is still actually kind of challenging for me at times and one thing that really helped me that my coach taught me is that every time I say yes to someone or something that maybe I don't want to do, every time I say yes to that, I say no 
to myself. So when I come to those decisions where I need to decide whether I'm doing this for for other people or to people please or am I doing it for myself I usually just what I do is I put my hand on my heart and I ask myself is this something that I truly want or am I just doing it because I think if I don't do it it's not gonna it's it's gonna hurt somebody else's feelings this also resonates or relates to the whole FOMO, if you know what that means, the fear of missing out, which was also something that I struggled with for a long time. I felt that if I miss out on something, if I don't go to the party or if I don't do this or meet these people, I'm going to miss out on things. Well, now I embrace the JOMO, which is the joy of missing out whenever I can. So remove from your life whatever doesn't serve you. And if it doesn't bring you happiness, then just learn to say no and understand that you're never missing out. You're never losing on something. You only learn who you are and that makes you a winner. Number four, the difficult times are there for you. Everything happens for you and not to you. That life always presents us with obstacles. Life is hard. Life is unpredictable. It can be full of pain. But when you start looking at life and what happens to you as something that's happening for you and not to you, it's going to change your whole perspective. The fact is that life is not giving you problems. Life is giving you building blocks or if you can kind of visualize building bricks, right? And what you do with these building blocks, building bricks, determines who you are as a person. I used to take those building blocks and I used to make walls around me. I used to create big, big, tall walls around me. Recently, or a few years back, what I've learned is to use those bricks, those building blocks, and build staircase to the moon, to the stars. And it's working out a lot better. Anything that happens, any obstacle, I take it as a lesson and allow it to build my future, build my staircase to the stars, to the moon. So this is a good point to ask yourself, are you building walls around yourself or are you building a stairway to the moon? Number five lesson that I took from this past year is comfort zone is a prison created by you. This was a big one for me this year. It's a beautiful, there's a beautiful analogy um, that helped me understand this on another level. And it, it is a story of the baby elephant. When the baby elephant is trained at birth, it is confined to a very small space. Its trainer usually will tie its legs with a rope and tie it to a wooden post planted in the ground. That rope becomes that elephant's comfort zone. Initially, that elephant, that little baby elephant, will try to break out of that rope, but that rope is really strong for the baby elephant. And this elephant learns that it has to stay in the era, area defined by the rope. So when the elephant grows to a big five-ton colossum, he can easily break out of the rope. 
but he has learned as a baby that he cannot. So the largest elephant can be confined by the puniest rope. And this refers to us as well. And it leads to asking the question, are you trapped in your comfort zone by something so small and puny as a rope? And that rope for us, it's usually made up of limiting beliefs. And you can change those limiting beliefs. The limiting beliefs are these stories that we tell ourselves that keep us from putting ourselves first, living our life to the fullest. So stop saying to, to yourself, I don't deserve this. It's always been like this. I've always been overweight. I've always, I've never had money. I've never did. Oftentimes those limiting beliefs come from the fear that prevents you from reaching your greatness. I recently actually uh, broke my comfort zone. I was, I was in a job, in a profession, in a job for 13 years. It was good. It was easy. It truly was my comfort zone. And back in June, I decided to quit my job and go do similar field by doing a travel assignments, which was a big change for me because there wasn't a predictable paycheck. I had to create contracts. I had to look for different jobs throughout the year. But since doing that, my life has completely changed. It's been, it's been incredible. I'm not saying it's easy. You know, the first couple months I had so much fear. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What if I don't have another job? What I, what if I don't have another contract? And I, there was thoughts where I was going to go and run back to my old job, to my comfort zone. But I continued with the help of my coach, of course, continue to pushing forward and going forward, learning and growing and not allowing that fear or those limiting beliefs and that comfort to keep me a prisoner to my own self. Number six, perfection is the lowest standard. Recovering perfectionist. I'm recovering from all of those things. <laughs> the quote challenges the notion that Perfection is a standard, suggesting that striving for perfection may be one's potential limit or it can hinder somebody's growth. It also tells us that excellence can be achieved through continuous improvements and embracing imperfections, acknowledging that perfection is an unrealistic benchmark. Four years ago, when I started my podcast and my YouTube channel, before I even started it, I contemplated doing it for, gosh, months. Before I even posted my first episode on my podcast, I legit re-recorded it 20 times because none of them were perfect. And I'm so glad that I let go of that it has to be perfect because I wouldn't be sitting here. Yes, maybe some things weren't perfect. Maybe the way I pronounce some things are not perfect. Maybe sometimes people can't understand me when I say, say certain words. But that's okay, because I am not perfect. I am a constant growth. That doesn't mean that, you know, I, when I look back at the past episode, I don't go and judge myself. That was then. Yes, there's some things that I could have done better, but it's a continuous growth. 
this goes back to stuff like losing you know weight when the, everything is perfect around me oh i'll lose weight when this when i leave this relationship i'll lose weight when this or i buy i'll i'll be happy when i buy this house my my dream house or my dream car perfect moment is now don't try to wait for the perfect moment or be perfect when you do things it's it's a progress and you will continue to grow and learn through those experiments through those imperfections and that's what will carry you and help you become a better version of yourself number seven stop judging yourself we all are just the human beings unless you're not unless you've some superhero then let me know comment below but majority of us are just humans we make mistakes and I really don't even like calling those mistakes. I call them lessons because mistake implies to something that you didn't, you did wrong, right? But if you do something imperfectly and you learn from it, it's really not a mistake because it taught you a lesson. Few, a few months back this last year, I came across a Latin saying that's became like my obsession. I literally want to make t-shirts with it, <laughs> with the saying on it. And the saying, it's a, it's a Latin saying, it says, Amor Fati, F-A-T-I, Amor, like love, Fati. And this saying says, um, it means love of faith. And it implies that everything that happens in your life is good, or at least it is necessary for our growth. And we have to be reminded of that often because everything has a value. And just because we can't achieve something doesn't mean that we have failed. It, it's usually the situation that we judge ourselves so harshly. It's important to be grateful for the things in our lives that maybe aren't so perfect and there is a there was a interview a interview clip with Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper Anderson Cooper's interviewing Stephen Colbert Anderson Cooper was asking him about a quote that he recently said uh, which goes like this I I've learned to love the things I wish most had not happened and Anderson Cooper asked him, is that really true? Do you truly believe in that? And Stephen Colbert, without a question, said, yes, I do believe in that because life is privilege. Being alive is a privilege. Existing is a privilege. And with that privilege comes pain and suffering. We can just pick the good things and be grateful for the good things but we also have to realize that those not so great things are also the bridge to something in our lives it's, it's the bridge that teaches us how to be happy and how to grow and those lessons are so important so i've learned to love the things i wished most had not happened to me because they all mattered in my life that they brought me to where I am today. Number eight, we're almost there. I hope you are enjoying these live lessons from last year. Let me know in the comments which one of these has been your favorite so far. 
and which one resonates with you the most. So number eight is you can't always control what happens to you, but you can decide how you respond to what happens to you. You can focus on the problem or the lack, or you can find a way to move forward and learn from those things. Now, I can't remember exactly who, who said this quote, but life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we react to what happens to us. Your reaction is so much more important than the circumstance. That's really, really crucial to remember because no matter what the situation, when you understand that you have the power and you can decide how to handle that situation. Number nine, everything you do counts. And how you do one thing is how you do everything. And what this really means, this quote suggests that how, do you how you handle the small things, the insignificant tasks, reflects on your overall attitude or your overall approach to life. And this really emphasizes the consistency in behavior and how you act. You know, do you only do certain things when people are watching or do you also do that when nobody's paying attention? And in the context of like, for instance, weight loss, you know, do I used to do this a lot. I would like at work, I would bring my healthy meal and oh yeah, I eat so healthy, low carb, what uh, what not. And then I would get home and I would have a bag of potato chips and maybe a bottle of wine. But this actually brings me to the next lesson that is kind of uh, a follow through from number one. And that is turning your goals into a lifestyle, not just something you do temporarily, but something that you create as your lifestyle. Like for instance, when you think of an athlete, athletes have a certain identity. If you think of a football player, they live in that identity. They eat certain way, they, they train certain way, they do certain things to create that identity that they have as a football player or uh, an athlete. And that identity and those values will drive your behavior. And when you create this identity, the most important thing is that you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that this is who you are. I hope you enjoyed these 10 lessons that I have learned from this past year. Let me know in the comments which one of these has been most meaningful to you, which one of these resonates with you the most. And one last thing I want to leave you with is something that I heard recently is that always look forward, don't look back yesterday there is a reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror 